Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Julia Gufalo-Smith. She's an ordinary person doing something extraordinary, living a bucket list. This has included activities like becoming self-employed, owning a woodland, hacking the Southwest Coast Pass, cycling King Alfred's Way, and becoming a best-selling author with her book, Leave Your Bucket List. And today she's going to share some of ideas about how to prioritize and choose which dream to pursue next. Welcome, Julia. I'm so familiar with us. Thank you very much, Georgia. Can you tell us more about your story and that you decide to leave your bucket list? I have been living my bucket list for a very long time now. Way back, I guess, in 2004 is probably when I really started, which was the year that I decided that it was time to bite the bullet and become self-employed. I was working for HSBC Bank at the time and I was thoroughly miserable. I was like a square peg in a round hole or a round peg in a square hole, whatever the saying is. I just didn't fit corporate life at all. And so I decided that I wanted to become self-employed. I'd wanted to be self-employed all my life. And that was the first big bucket list item I did. But there have been lots of other bucket list dreams that I've made come true as well over the years. My husband and I, when we got married on our honeymoon, we drew up a 10 year plan. And on our 10 year plan, we said that we wanted to own a woodland. It was something that both of us had always wanted to do. We also said in our 10 year plan that we would celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary in our own woodland. And we did. <laughs> so that was absolutely fantastic. More recently, we said that we always wanted to live by the sea. And in fact, we have sadly left that woodland now so that we can live by the sea, which is something that we're doing now. At the same time as fulfilling many other bucket list dreams as well. That is fantastic. And can you take us back to the very beginning, the first item, taking the first step is always the biggest challenge. So when you were back in the day, wanting to start your bucket list, leaving it and starting your business, were there any particular challenge that you were had to overcome, any self-doubts that you had to work through? At the time, I was working for one of the biggest organisations in the entire world. And I'd never really had that confidence to become self-employed. What would I do? How would I cope without all of the structures that I was used to, to working within? One of my biggest challenges was, was confidence, but also that whole idea that this is a completely new thing and therefore I might not be able to do it. So I decided that this, the way that I wanted to approach it is I bought a franchise. So I became self-employed, but I still had some structure. I had many of the freedoms of a self-employed person, but I knew that the business model worked. 
I had marketing material to help me. I had a methodology that, that I could use. And I was very successful at that. Ultimately, the tram lines that you have to work within, within a franchise didn't work for me either. And I'm now fully self-employed as it were, but it was a really useful stepping stone for me to think about what the biggest pitfalls might be and how I might overcome that. And for me, taking on a franchise was the way to, to take that step or those steps in a manageable fashion for myself. It really gave me the confidence doing well in something, being self-employed, knowing that, oh, one of the, well, there's lots of things I love about being self-employed, but not having to work for people that you don't like working for, for example, what freedom it gives you. So, um, so yeah, for me, it was working out what those steps were that, that worked for me and the things that I worried about. Well, I love what you're saying here, because when you think about starting, starting a business or any other item on our bucket list, it seemed like such a big goal, you don't know where to start, but there are ways to actually plan it out and taking it one step at a time and fix the fear and reduce it, because now you're focusing on a step, not on the big ultimate vision. Yes, in my book, Live Your Bucket List, I, I detail a whole process that I recommend you use if this is what you want to do. If you want to take something big that you're dreaming and turn it into something that you're living instead of just dreaming about it. And there are a number of different steps that I suggest that you follow. And one of those is to think about the pitfalls, the stumbling blocks, the things that might throw you and how you might overcome those things. For example, Southwest Coast Path, which is a 630 mile trail around the Southwest coast of England. It's something that ever since I read about it when I was in my twenties, I'd wanted to walk it. There were lots of things that stopped me. I'd never hiked on my own before. I didn't really, it sounds stupid now, I didn't really know it was possible to do things like that on your own. I'd never camped on my own before. It's 630 miles. You need seven weeks to walk it, more or less. Some people do do it faster. So I didn't have the time to do it. So there are all of these things that stopped me from doing it until the moment that I made the decision to do it. Looking back now, I realise that in terms of time, if I'd have walked it one week at a time in stretches, I could still have walked it in seven years. I didn't need seven weeks. I'd never hiked on my own before, but as soon as I realised that you could, and I think that does sound really not very clever that I hadn't realised that you could before, but as soon as I realised that, I, I started practising taking little steps, going out for walks on my own and then longer hikes, taking a tent out and actually trying to wild camp on my own and to see how that went. First things first, I stayed at a campsite for night on my own. Wow. <laughs> Baby steps to, to get you in the right direction. It's so true that until you've done something, it seems impossible. And once you do it, it's like, oh, was I that scared of that? When you take the time to just analyze it and think about, okay, how can you overcome this? The solution is always there. But I want to take it a step backwards because before we get there, how do you know what dream to pursue next? How do you make the choice? Well, that's, for me, really difficult. I'm the sort of person, I add things onto my bucket list all the time. I've got one here that, 
I drop it's a bit scratchy at the moment. But I, I oh, I love that. Very I've added fun. things to it and taken things off it all, already, but I have hundreds of things basically on my bucket list. That could be really quite overwhelming and, and stop you from doing any of them. Again, in my book, I've proposed a process that you can go through to take this myriad of ideas and, and hone it down to one thing, or maybe if you're talking about multi-passionate people, maybe you could do more than one thing at once, but you probably can't do 100 things at once and give them all justice. So I'm just going to use my book as a prompt so that I make sure that I'm doing this in, in the right order. The first thing is to, to, well, first of all, document it. So write down what's on your bucket list. Put some music on, give yourself 15 minutes. As you can see from mine, I love doing things on mind maps. And just scribble down any ideas you've got about all of those things that you've said, one day I'd like to, whatever it is. One day I'd like to learn a musical instrument. I'd like to speak a second language. I'd like to be self-employed. I'd like to hike the Southwest Coast Path, whatever it is, get it down on paper. And that doesn't have to be the final version. But if you've got something documented, it's, it's a place to start. Once you've done that, you can start to group and order the things. So with my maps, it's really easy to group them. So I've got lots of hiking things together there. These are all my sort of other things that don't look like I've got different categories there of bucket list dreams. So you can start grouping them and then think within those groups, is there anything that naturally follows something else? I said that I've got quite a lot of hiking things on mine. I want to, or when I started off, I thought I wanted to hike the Southwest Coast Path. I also wanted to walk St. Olaf's Way, which is a pilgrimage in Norway. And there are lots of other walks around the world that I want to do as well. When I grouped them all together, I thought there's a natural progression here. I've never done anything like that before. So why don't I start with one that's fairly close to home? I started with one in the UK. So I only had the challenge of the walking and the camping and doing something on my own. I didn't have the challenge of languages, cultures that I wasn't familiar with and all of the other things that, that can happen when you're abroad, bigger mountains, things like that. So there was an obvious starting point. So that filtered out quite a lot of my list or a big chunk of my list to start off with. So that's thinking about the natural order that you might do things in. And then think about combinations as well. I've always wanted to travel to Japan. Ever since my best friend when I was eight, who was Japanese, went back home. I've also always, since I first heard about it, wanted to travel on the Trans-Siberian Express. And it was only really when I went and wrote down all of my bucket list things, I thought, well, actually, those two go together. I don't really like flying because of the environmental implications of taking flights. I could get the train to Vladivostok, the Trans-Siberian Express, and then get a ferry over to Japan and combine two of my bucket list dreams. <laughs> so you could think if you've always wanted to paint, for example, learn to paint, and you've always wanted to visit Paris, you could do the two of them together. There's nothing to stop you from combining them. And the same with any business dreams that you have. Maybe there are two things that, two of your loves that you could combine into the same business. So once you've done that, thought about natural order of things and combinations, think about what your deal breakers are at the moment as well. When I decided to walk the Southwest Coast path, I didn't want to be away from my husband for terribly long. And I wanted to make sure that I 
tick something off my bucket list within six months. So there were two things there that were deal breakers. They, they weren't necessarily, they're not necessarily the same things that are deal breakers now in my life. They just were then. So that filtered out some other potential bucket list dreams as well. So you've now got a shortened list. It's time to start thinking about what's really important to you. I want to make a difference in the world. So for me, one of the reasons I haven't been to Japan is that I haven't found a great way to go to Japan and make a difference yet. <laughs> It'll happen. I'll get there one day. But I do want to make the world a better place. That's one of my criteria. When I came to hike the Southwest Coast Path, I raised money for a charity, which is one way that I, I managed to do that. At that time as well, it was important for me that I had a physical challenge. I wanted to prove to myself that I could still do hard physical challenges. There'll be other things that are important to you as well. So write down a list of your values and what's important to you. And then you can score each of your bucket list dreams against that value set. It's really easy then. You've got scores and the ones with the highest scores are the ones to start with first. Now that all sounds very logical and sensible, <laughs> but there are a couple of other things to take into consideration as well. First of all, when you're thinking about the timings, there might be some things that are reliant on a particular time of year. It might be something that only happens once every 10 years. There might be other reasons why doing something now, you know, it makes sense to do that thing now. But the other thing is that once you've done that scoring process, have a look at what your list looks like. What's at the top of your list? What are the top two or three items? Do they really make you more excited than the other things on your list? They should if you've gone through that process, but you just need to make sure that they pass the make sense test because it's very easy to do these things and come up with a score and then think, oh, I should be doing that. Mm. That's not the idea of your bucket list. The idea of your bucket list is that you're really raring to go and really excited about something. So yes, just check that it passes the make sense test when you've done that. And then you've got one or two things that are at the top of your list that you can focus on. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they would allow me anymore and they leave me. 
This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months and my loved one didn't leave me. If you too are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious, it's like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. That is an amazing process. You took everything into consideration. For me, one of the things that sometimes gets me stuck is that we have all these projects and all these ideas but some of these ideas that you think that would be cool to do them but then once you do them they don't really fulfill them much so having that check in within yourself and say oh does this 
relate to my values, is it really important to me? That is actually a great way to make sure that actually, yes, this is exam is not just a passing fancy, but something that I really want to do. So I'm curious for someone out there that's like, oh, but I don't know what my values are. How do you find your values? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a whole question in itself. One way you can, you can just do it is just sit down and think about what's important to you. Write down a list of, now I like the number 17. <laughs> there's, there's a book called 17, which if you haven't read it, is worth a read by Michael Heppel. He recommends that lists are 17 items long because you're forcing yourself to write extra things on the list that perhaps you wouldn't if you decided on a list of 10. And that could be where the best ideas come from. So make yourself a list of 17 things that are important to you. It might be spending time with your family and friends. It might be being yourself. It might be changing the world. It might be, I don't know, all sorts of all sorts of different things. Just keep going and write that list of, of 17 things down and then start to rank them. Just think, OK, so is this one more important than that one? And put whichever one of the two at the top of the list and then go to the next one. Is that more important than the other one? And see whether you can get yourself a, a top five list of values. I'm sure there's a more technical way of doing it than that, but that's a good starting point. Just thinking about it, thinking about what's important to you. And again, a little bit like your bucket list, it doesn't have to be set in stone. You might think, you know, in two or three day, days time, you might think, oh heck, I forgot about something that's really important to me. That's fine, you just go back and re redo it and rework it. Oh, I think we all think, but I value so many things, but really when you start looking in terms of what is more important, there are some things that are more important than others. And now we know how to decide which bucket list started to pursue and which common people look out for. So what is next step? What's something that people need to know when they decide to pursue a bucket list item? The next thing to do is to really define it well. And this is where, to some extent, I contradict myself because... <laughs> This is the time to turn it into a SMART goal. And some people at this point might be groaning at the thought of SMART goals because often SMART goals are small goals. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about big, hairy, audacious goals, aren't we? But if we haven't defined what our bucket list dream is, then how do we know when we've actually achieved it? And if we've got this big nebulous goal, how do we get to it? So if you can break it down into, it, it might be more than one SMART goal that, that you break it down into, but break it down into things that are, are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely, and relevant. I use relevant instead of realistic because you've already got achievable in there. Now, you don't want this to really stymie you. This is really about just defining your goal so that you know what you're aiming for. I could have said, I'm going to walk a long distance footpath. Well, that wouldn't have really helped me plan it or, or get moving on it. To say this year, so timely, I'm going to walk the Southwest Coast Path, so it's specific. It's measurable already because it's 630 miles long and you start it and finish it so you can tell when you've done it. Is it achievable? Well, yes, other people, 
do it? Is it relevant? Well, you've already been through that process of identifying your values and whether that bucket list goal meets your values or not. So it should be relevant. But then you have a goal that says, okay, this year I'm going to walk the, the Southwest Coast Path and you might go into some more detail and say, I'm going to walk it on my own. I'm going to take my tent with me and what have you. And then you've got a defined goal that you want to achieve. And that way you'll know whether you've got there or not. And even if it's a much bigger goal than that, taking the individual steps to achieve that goal and turning those into uh, specific and measurable items means that you can, you can see a sense of progression. You can see that you're working towards that bigger goal. When you break it down, it's always so much easier. And even though they like to use the word realistic, now it's possible because I don't, I don't have this big mountain to climb. I just have to take one step and take the next and the next, and you, you get there. People who run ultramarathons say that they think about the fact that they need to run the next 10 miles. That's all. If the next step is the next 10 miles, they can run 10 miles. That's okay. They're going to have to do that however many times. But yes, you break, break things down into, into goals that, you could, that feel manageable to you and you're far more likely to progress in the right direction. And cool, because this process, it's not like you do it once and you never do it again. So how often do you add items to your bucket list? And do you ever remove items from it as well? I add things to my bucket list all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be any time if I read about something or hear about something, I think, oh, that's, that's a really good idea. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, that's something I want to do. Fantastic. Do I ever take things off my bucket list? Well, obviously, some things I, I do, so they can come off the bucket list. There was something the other day that I decided I didn't want to do anymore, and I can't remember what it was. But there was something about it that just no longer appeals to me. But there are things that change in your life. For, so, for example, when I was younger, I was really into adrenaline and and doing exciting things that really got my heart pumping. And these days I find myself more into gentle pursuits, shall we say, than the adrenaline fueled ones. So there might be some things from earlier days that I would think now, maybe I don't really want to do that anymore. And that's okay, it's your bucket list. To focus on the things that are the most important to you now. And so when things change, sounds like there is no regret. No, it doesn't matter. But my bucket list is enormous. It's bigger than the one that I've got on the bit of paper that, that I showed you earlier, because as I say, I'm always adding things to it. It's, it gives me a direction of travel in life, having a bucket list. And it means that I'm always doing something that's important to me and something that will stretch me, something that will help me to help other people better and, and all of those sorts of things. So I'm not going to do everything on my bucket list but that's not really the point of it to me the point of this process is how it changes you and, and part of the process that, that I define is to spend some time reflecting at the end of achieving something from your bucket list reflecting on what you've learned about yourself what you've learned about practical things that you might apply in life and how you might tackle your next bucket list dream differently so you're absolutely right. I'm not going to get to the end of my bucket list ever, but I'm also not going to get to the end of my life and regret things thinking, oh, I didn't get that done. 
because that's okay. I, I've spent my life doing many, many exciting things that fitted well with my values. That is so beautiful. Kudos, when you pick the next thing to pursue, do you actually pick something that is going to stretch you or does that matter what you pick because in the act of going through it, you get stretched anyway? I'm not sure I really quite understand that distinction. But for me, I always like to push myself. I like to push against my comfort zones. Hiking the Southwest Coast Path, I ended up pushing my comfort zones far more than I was expecting because I thought I was just going to go on a hike and I ended up taking my tent and wild camping as well for various practical reasons, which were much bigger steps for me and it made it a much bigger stretch. I like to stretch myself. I like to push myself. I like to do things outside of my comfort zone. But I might one day choose something on my bucket list that actually isn't that far out of my comfort zone, just because it's something that I've always wanted to do and I would enjoy it. Oh, the more the comfort zone expands, there must be items on your list that are like, oh, at this point, this is going to be so much easier, but I see why not do because it is exciting. And that's part of the, when I talked earlier on about the, the natural order of progression of things. When I go hiking now, I'm just about to set off to walk the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain, it's going to be, or it is a lot easier for me this time round doing that because I know I've walked 600 miles in the past. This is a shorter route. It's a pilgrimage, so it feels a little bit different. The weather conditions are going to be very different. It's going to be much hotter. So it's not going to be easy, but there are many elements of it that are easier because I know I can hike. I know I can walk for hundreds of miles. I know that I'm going to be okay. I know that when things go wrong, I can sort them out much better than I did before I started hiking. So yes, you're absolutely right. Things do become easier and this walking the Camino will be much easier for the experience that I've gained already with other long distance hiking. Well, that is so exciting. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to go and hear about it. But now I have a question that I ask everyone and it's what's one way the more passionate can build a life and business around all the passions? Going back to how we started, I'd say understand what your passions are. So really think about it. Think about your values and what's important to you and what isn't and prioritise those. And then you'll know which are the things that you really need to focus on. And I wouldn't necessarily separate life and work Having been self-employed for quite a long time now, I tend to find that the edges are a little bit blurred between one and the other, because for me, it's all life. It's been incredible. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up? Just my contact details, if I may, Georgia. Of course, of course. As I said, I'm about to start hiking the Camino. If you'd like to know how I get on with that, then you can follow me on Instagram. And on Facebook, on both things, I'm at Julia GS Adventure. And I'm sure that Georgia will give you those. Absolutely. We're going to share all the links below this interview. And also, you've been so generous to offer our audience the first three chapters of your Leave Your Bucket List book. Can you tell us more about it, please? That's right. Yes. Sorry. I was just coming on to that. If you go onto my website at juliags.com, forward slash live your bucket list again the links are in the notes then you will be able to access 
the first three chapters of Live Your Bucket List on audiobook. So three, the first three chapters of the audiobook. That includes those things that we've been talking about today and the, the detail of those. If you go onto that page of my website as well, you'll see that there's a, a template document that you can download for free as well with a mind map template and the, the values list and scoring template as well on there. Oh, there is an amazing gift, and I invite everyone to go and download and hear more, not just about the process, but also your adventures. It's so exciting. So thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Georgia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, Share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.